Rodney Jane here. At Bob Jane T-Mart, get spring holiday savings. Buy three tyres and get the fourth absolutely free. Plus, up to $150 instant cash back on trusted tyre brands like Bridgestone, Yokohama, Goodyear, BF Goodrich, Michelin, Zenon and Motorsport X. Alloy wheels from only $125 and tyres from just $69. All with our best tyre price guarantee. We'll look after you. Test season apply. Yep, yep, this is the Parked Up Podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels, of course. We're always powered by Race Fuels. Of course, my name is Grant Rowley. And we used to say, of course, Tony D'Alberto is always with us. But then he wasn't with us. But today he's back. And it's race week for Tony D. It is the sixth round of the Speed Series. We're racing at Sandown Raceway this weekend. TCR Australia is there. Trans Am. Touring Car Masters, GT World Challenge, a host of others. Tony D, how you feeling on race week? Mate, I'm actually not bad. I don't, I don't sound amazing. I've had uh, just like a man flu over the last COVID. couple of weeks. COVID. No, I, I haven't had COVID. Steph has. She had that last week. And our boys have just been crook from school and childcare. And it feels like I've just had like three weeks of just going into different phases of illness. Um, but I'm actually this week I'm feeling a hell of a lot better, even though I still sound quite nasally, but mm-hmm. I generally do sound a bit nasally though. That's sort of the way my voice sort of comes out. <laughs> you and and then when I just, when I just have a little bit of like, you know, congestion, it makes me sound a hell of a lot worse than what I am. So I've got like, um, what is it like? A, is it a big, deviated big, septum? A big nose, a big is that nose. what that is? I've got a big nose. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that sounds like something pretty medical that sounds legitimate and well, sounds like you know what you're talking about. I, I don't know if it is called that, but basically I need to have an operation on my nose yep, because... Because you've got the Caltex chase in there and you need to yes, just make it the old Conrod straight. Exactly, mm. exactly. So mm-hmm. I actually was talking to Steph about the other night. I, thought, I said, well, I think I might do that next year, try and book in and get it done because... It does affect me like with my breathing when I'm exercising and all that sort of stuff. So once once I get it done, I might my voice might sound completely different. Wow. Yeah. I might cool. sound like a little girl or something. Or look I don't well. Know. Well, you could actually sound like a man. <laughs> <laughs> um, look out the karaoke bars of Melbourne. Tony D will yes. be coming in hot. Who knows? Who knows? But uh Nah, feeling good. It's uh, it's a big weekend, that is for sure. It's Sandown, which is basically a home circuit for me, 20 minutes away from my home, which is amazing. I know, 27 um, minutes away from my home, which you you, uh, you win again. You, you can pick me up on the way. You can <laughs> uh, pay for all the tolls. No way, because uh, usually you suck at me for coming to things late, but I reckon almost guarantee I will be mm. there earlier than you. You won't want that to That is guaranteed. Best. As early as I will for it. Well, most of our stuff on a TCR weekend is more towards the afternoon. Mm. So the morning's pretty cruisy. So, and I, and I am not, I'm not one to just hang at the racetrack for no reason. Oh, so no unless race, I've got no race fanning. No, unless I've got a job to do or I've got to be there early. I don't like getting there late and rushing, mm. but uh, I won't be just getting there at eight o'clock when I've got a one o'clock session. Just crazy. Okay. 
So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, Very cool. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it will be. Uh, of course, TCR Australia is there. There's, uh, I think, six other categories. So, if you are in Melbourne or Victoria or anywhere in the world, then this is uh, certainly uh, a good opportunity to come and see some really great motor racing for the Speed Series. If you can't catch it there, of course, you'll catch it on Stan Sport, even a bit of live free to air Tony D on oh, really? Sunday afternoon. Yep. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, it's no, great. There's uh, there's plenty, but uh, I don't think you'll be watching that. You'll be uh, entertaining the masses on the free to air by uh, oh. racing your car around. And we've um, we've got a hell of a turnout this weekend. Yeah. Hell of a turnout. Being a local round for Honda, oh, we've yeah, got over cool. sixty staff members coming. Oh wow, it's huge. You, you will yeah. be busy. You might have to be there early to entertain. Well, actually, you might be right because the garages are so tiny that there's no chance of getting sixty people in those garages while we're trying to race as well. So yeah, you might be right. I might have to get there a bit early and do a bit of entertaining and all that sort of jazz. Like that little pun there. Honda jazz. Honda jazz. You've ditched the civic. You've gone with the jazz. (laughs) Yeah, cool. Um, Okay. So uh, you lead the title. You are uh, what about 58 points ahead of our good friend, Jordan Cox in the Peugeot. And then not much back from there, back to Jay Hansen, Zach Suter. It's a really congested bunch. Josh Buckins in there as well. There's so many factors that uh, that come into it. BOP is one of the big ones. Some people mm. will be carrying performance weight. So uh, if you've done well in the prior round and yeah, you qualified on pole. So you've, uh, you've done yourself a number on that one. Mm. Um, so you will cop a little bit of that. You actually cop the maximum really. Then there's also all the international BOP stuff that come in. Have the other Hondas around the world been looking after you and doing poorly? <laughs> I don't know if there's any changes from an international standpoint uh, with the BOP, but yeah, I'm going to have an extra 40 kgs strapped in beside me, uh, which, you know, it's a bit unknown how, how much it's going to affect, but I can tell you this right now, it's not going to be any better. It's not going to make the thing go any faster. But, the, you know, like there was, there's other guys there that qualified quite close to us. So there, there's going to be other people that are carrying ballast. Um, so I don't think it's the end of the world. And, uh, you know, last time we were there at, at Sandown, Nestor Giolami, mm-hmm. uh, the international star who, who actually came out for a round for Honda, absolutely smoked us. So um, we've got some very good vision and data to look at and try and learn from. So I feel like it was, a, it was a lifetime ago, back in 2019 when we did the last round at Sandown. So I'm really hoping we've progressed since then. So, yeah, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be tricky. There's no doubt. It's not going to be um, any easier this weekend with that extra ballast. Cool. Uh, okay, so when you look down the list, you know, as I'd sort of said briefly, that the points from Jordan Cox down is really, really, really close. I'm guess you're hoping that they're just going to try and be fighting over each other for all those little scraps, but obviously you might be in there fighting with them as well. Who do you see as the favorite for this weekend? Who's the one that you're thinking, Oh, yep. I'm not surprised when they're taking home a bunch of silverware. Oh, uh, to be honest, it's, it's a bit of a strategy in mine, but I haven't thought about it that much that I'm worrying about one particular person. So you're right. There is a bunch of guys breathing down my neck trying to capitalize on any, any sort of mistakes or anything like that. So it's not really one person I've got to worry about. There's, there's a whole heap of them. 
you know, Jordan's obviously really fast. Jay Hansen's been super fast in that Audi GD3 um, <laughs> cup, whatever it is. So that, that's a very quick car and uh, he's doing a great job as well. You know, Will Brown's very quick. Um, and then you've got guys like Josh Bucken and um, all the HMO team. They're, they're going to be fast this weekend. So, yeah, it's um, it's going to be – it's not going to be easy, no no doubt about it. But uh, I think there might be a little bit of weather that might play play into, uh, you know, the mix on the weekend, which mm-hmm. can, you know, compromise things. And Sandown's very known for mixed weather conditions. So, uh, yeah, we, we're just going to have to try our best and uh, – See where we end up. It's going to be a big fight this weekend. Cool. And a heap of other categories to come. I should have uh, mentioned this uh, right at the top, but I didn't, Tony. But mm. uh, our uh, our very good friend, Mark Fogarty from Parked Up Plus, of course, you can listen to that every Monday, 5 p.m., assuming I get to it at 5 p.m. I think I got off the plane from New Zealand <laughs> and that awesome Pukakaui round. Uh, oh. at like 4.55 and I hadn't had it uploaded and I still need to do some other stuff. But I think um, we need, can we, can we talk about that round? We can definitely talk about that. But, but uh, our good friend, Mark Fogarty has uh, today, and I say that it's Wednesday uh, and we're going to publish this on Thursday, but uh, Fogs today spoke with Willpower and oh, we've wow. got an exclusive one-on-one with Fogs and Power, which will run, uh, at the end of the show or when I just get sick of listening to you and then we'll just cut, <laughs> cut to that so we can go have a little drinks break or something. But uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's going to come up really soon. Um, besides TCR this weekend, and yes, we'll talk about Pookie because it was awesome. But we had uh, we have uh, Trans Am, your good mate, Timmy Brook. He's not <laughs> racing. He's not there. He's not there. I feel sorry for him, the poor yeah. bugger. He had a shocker at QR and... He a had couple, a couple of budget issues. They're going to keep him out. It's it's a shame because we actually did a test day before QR and he was there and he was like an absolute rocket ship on the test day. Like it, it was, you know, he, he'd really set the car up well and they'd done a lot of work. And then it rained in qualifying at QR and it didn't quite go to plan to start the weekend and then got involved in a shunt in the last race to finish the weekend off. And mm, it was just a complete off. downer just a complete down and he's always, he's already been really tight on budget. And uh, I think that just sort of <laughs> put an end to it, but you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him back for Bathurst um, for the international. That's what I'm, I'm tipping. You know, I've been trying to encourage him to do that. So you don't want to finish your last Trans Am race this year on such a low, yep. but uh, obviously budget will play, play a big part in that. He, he's really doing it tough, you know, yep. like, Every weekend, they they try and do as much as they can by themselves, and there's uh, no frills, but it's just everything about performance. So, uh, yeah, it's a shame he's not here this weekend. Uh, yeah, cool. So uh, he's someone we won't have to worry about, but uh, <laughs> which is a shame. But uh, we do have to worry about a pretty tight title fight at the very top with Nathan Hearn, Owen Kelly. There's a, a couple of others there in the mix. It looks like the winner will come out of one of those two GRM drivers, both in Ford Mustangs. Who's your team? Haven't they? Oh, Nathan Hearn's been doing an amazing job. You know, the, the, he looks, he, I mean, I'm sure it's not the case when you're in, in the driver's seat, but he looks like he's got it absolutely under control. But you, you can never discount Owen Kelly. There's no doubt he's... Um, such an experienced, like hardy racer. I've raced mm. him 
many, many times. You and, fenced uh, him. You fenced him. We have spoken about that in him. the past. I fenced him hard, Amal. Uh, <laughs> um, we're still we're still mates. It's okay. Um, but he's a really hard racer, and uh, he just doesn't give an inch. And I think like Trans Am racing really suits him. But um, yeah, Nathan Hearn for me is obviously the, the standout. He's um, got that thing really humming. But there's been a bit of a change. I saw that uh, they're changing or they've disallowed the teams to let the roof sort of cave in mm. under straight line speed and, you know, mm. create a bit more Flex- rear wing. Flexi yeah. Moves. yeah. So, um, so that, I don't know whether that will change things. Yeah. And look, there's a bunch of other uh, little rule tweaks that have also come through the, the roof one was the most um, visually obvious, but there was a fair bit in the front under tray as well. Mm. Where they had discovered that there was uh, some people who were um, exploiting oh, the rules to their absolute maximum. In so there was way? a suite of changes that have come through. Tony, I'm not technical. Go call t- Timmy Brook after this, and, and oh, and I tell you, but you know was, what? Yeah, like in all fairness, I've been saying to Brooksy, mate, 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 mate. These other guys seem to be doing a little bit easier than you are. Like, <laughs> could there be anything in that? Nah, nah, nah. We just got to do a better job, blah, blah, blah. He's always like that. And I'm a bit skeptical. I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe there is more to it. Who knows? Yeah. Well, they've, uh, they've tightened the, uh, tightened the rule book. So Good. that should, um, and uh, police well, then it, uh, I think it's good for all Trans Am racing that we have here in Australia. And there's lots of See, it. It doesn't matter what, what category, everyone will try and exploit the rules. You know, even when there's not much to change or, you know, there's, um, you know, you can't change dampers or you can't change springs, you can't do this, whatever, people still try and find a loophole somewhere. Mm. Are you running the twin turbo option on the Civic? (sighs) Jesus Christ, I need it, I tell you. (laughs) I really do. (laughs) Um, Okay, cool. So, uh, yeah, we've got Trans Am. What else we've got? GT World Challenge and nothing Mm. for yourself. Dietzy not bringing out the Lambo? No, not this round. He, um, he's been away uh, at his little villa in France for a couple of months now. So he only just got back in the country today um, and it was never the plan to run this round. But we will be running Tail and Bend soon in a few, what is that, after Bathurst. Cool. Okay. After Bathurst, we'll have a run at Tail and Bend, which will be a bit of fun. Great. Uh, okay. Have they got a big grid this weekend? uh it's i guess it's not really big it's quite top heavy really is it's it just, just an audi car or what 12 12 cars uh lots of Audis, Audis. a couple <laughs> of uh a couple of mercedes there of course for shane van gisbergen he'll be there uh with the prince the prince will be oh, there yes. we've got garth tander of course he's only won a mere four bathus 1000s david reynolds <laughs> he's won one what's that guy been doing uh so so uh, a bunch of really really good uh, drivers sam brabham's coming back uh we've got a uh and and just really cool cars as well so mm. that's something to look for everyone's favorite the touring car masters are there as well johnny bow uh in his tirana leads the way um Ryan is Mideki running yeah george is running george is having a bit of a stab in the uh chevrolet camaro and stevie J is back as well in the ford mustang he's uh he's left true blue behind Falcons, the XD is not going to come. Uh, but Stevie J's back for, I think, only the second time this year. I'm pretty sure he did the very first round. Yes. Uh, but uh, it'll be uh, good to see 
Stevie J back there with the likes of John Bow, Ryan Hansford, George Medecki, Cameron Tilly, and a bunch of others. Yeah, the Pacer uh, after that big shunt at Townsville is back. So, hey, a Porsche Michelin Sprint Challenge. Uh, there's uh, production cars as well. Heaps to see. If you're in around Sandown uh, and you and finals footy isn't enough for you, <laughs> then uh, come on down. So uh, actually, oh, let's talk what? a little. Let's talk a little finals footy. Your team, yeah, let's, the Geelong yeah. Cats, they're mm. playing on uh, on Friday night. They play yeah. Brisbane. Yeah, and then my team, the Sydney Swans, play Collingwood on Saturday. Mm. There is a fair chance that. The uh, a bit of an old parked up Royal Rumble grand final could be a thing, Tony D. Hey, um, I've got some exciting news to share. You've got grand final tickets for me? I have grand final tickets for me. Not to share? Maybe. We'll see. Oh. If you're in the if you're in the granny, you can have a ticket. <gasps> Seriously. Okay. Seriously. So now obviously, you know. We're talking footies finals, talking big major announcements. Yep. Sharp, extensive IT have come on board uh, my TCR campaign and the Bathurst 1000. Yes. And today they offer me tickets to the grand final. Wow. What a partnership this is. Is that so? It's no, no, they're not giving you any cash. It's that's right. Tickets. No cash, <laughs> no sponsorship, just tickets to the AFL grand final. That is like deal, done. I think, I think your head of comms need to come to, <laughs> to this occasion. That's funny. Should we tell the listeners why it's funny? <laughs> um, yeah, sure. You can tell. Well, it's your story. Well, we, we did we did uh, put a little press release out today and I got yourself, Grant, to write the press release for me. But when I was talking with Sharp, they were asking me whether I had anybody that could write the press release. And I said, yes, I've got a guy that helps me out with all this stuff. And that's basically all I said. I don't think I even mentioned your name. And uh, then when they sent the email through of all the points they wanted to cover and all that sort of stuff, they had Grant, they had um, no head of comms. Tony will organize a press release with his head of comms, which was you. (laughs) You are big business. You are big business. Can I please speak to your head of financings? (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say. So I know where I can send a bill for this. Exactly. Well, your bill is for me to come on the show tonight. Uh, okay, cool. Fair enough. There you go. I'll there take that. Go. And a grand final ticket, please. Well, that, that's, that, can, that can be arranged. Cool. If Collingwood is playing Brisbane, I'm not interested. If, if yeah. the Sydney Swans aren't playing, I'm not really interested. But I'm sure you'll find plenty of other takers to, to, to come. I reckon on. you'd still come. Uh, okay. We'll, we'll talk about that offline. I'll need to talk to my, I'll need to talk to my, uh, head of scheduling to, uh, to work out if that's a thing. Uh, okay, cool. So, um, just very briefly again, we've got, uh, Mark Fogarty and Will Power coming up real soon. And right after this very short ad break, we're going to talk about Puka Kelly. Race Fuels is Australia's leading supplier of racing fuel to national and state level motorsport. And its range of racing fuels includes the BP Supercars E85, which is available to grassroots races. For power and protection over pump fuel, Race Fuels imports the Elf Race 102, as used by Porsche Carrera Cup and the Touring Car Masters. More info on Race Fuels E85 and Elf Race 102 is available at racefuels.com.au. 
And of course, Race Fuels are Parked Up's longest serving sponsors, Tony D. They were even uh, involved back when you used to do this podcast. If are they I, still uh, if involved? Yeah, I know. They still no. paying your they bills. Just, they just can't get enough of it. And it's great to have Mark Tierney and his awesome team's uh, support. So uh, I saw Mark actually over at uh, Pukekohe and he was absolutely run off his feet. Do you remember how long the Pukekohe pit lane is? It is yeah. so long. When you walk from one end to the other, it feels like you have to go from the North Island to the South Island. <laughs> That's why it's so easy for cars to go down laps if they're not careful in the race. Mm. A good friend of mine told me that once. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, <laughs> do you have friends? Who was that? He was head of comms. He was head oh. of my comms. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, yeah, no, no. It's a, uh, She's a long way to go. Uh, anyway, the event was awesome. There was just mm. so many people there. The Kiwis just got so into it. And I guess the uh, there's so many things that, um, that we'll all be able to look back on to to recognize how big it was with those incredible images of Shane Van Gisbergen winning the two races on Sunday, the crowd going absolutely bananas at the, at the end where uh, SVG came from eighth to pass Cam Waters in that last couple of laps. He, uh, he literally looked gassed at the end of the race. He looked so buggered. Yeah. Well, he had to fight pretty hard for it and he got, mm. he had the, he had the car speed over Cam at the mm. end, but Cam was not giving up without a so, fight. So difficult to get past though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I um, felt for Will Davison though, man. Oh yeah. Oh, no he, ha- he had it in the bag. Yep. I reckon. I mean, he, he, he was controlling the race. Just a fumbled pit stop, unfortunately, um, where the wheel nut just wouldn't go on. Car got drops, drove off. Uh, and, and the team knew straight away. They knew straight away that once the car had driven away, the wheel wasn't on properly and they were in trouble. So real shame for Will because he's driving absolutely out of his skin at the moment. Like mm. just so impressive to see what he's doing. And yeah, you know, I think he deserved it. I really do. I think he deserved to win the JR trophy. But anyway. uh, yeah, I guess, look, also a fitting result with what we eventually saw. Um, but uh yeah, certainly some really good. It was interesting, like in the morning. In speed for DJR heading into the one thousand. Yeah, yeah, but in the morning, I like I watched the coverage and Murph and Scaife were saying, you know, basically what's up with SVG? He needs to block out all the noise from all the fans. Had such a big, big week, and you know that's why he didn't perform as well on the Saturday. And I would have thought, you know, like those guys would. They, they would know better than that. They would know that obviously the car wasn't working on Saturday. Even on Friday, it wasn't that good. And they made changes overnight. They came out stronger and he did the business. Like I it just, I struggled to see how they'd questioned his, uh, the way he, you know, he was performing personally at a big race like that. Mm. We don't see cracks like that for Shane Van Gisbergen. He did a phenomenal job. They had a, uh, I think uh, I read in that they'd made a, a couple of very small changes just to make the car a little bit better for Sunday. They weren't really oh. sure how it was going to uh, go, but uh, it obviously went good or certainly good enough that he was able you could to see you, you could see on the onboard, like on, in, on Friday and Saturday, the amount of, he was fighting it so much through the high speed stuff um, where he had a lot of understeer. And on Sunday, it was a lot better. 
So they obviously made some big changes there. And even when he was on his own, he still had quite a bit of understeer through the high-speed stuff. So that would have just compounded when he was stuck behind other cars. But he does a lot of work in the cabin, changing the balance of the car more than anybody else. Yeah. Like it's quite impressive to watch the, you know, brake bias changes, uh, sway bar changes multiple times over the lap um, to try and get the balance where he needs it. So no wonder he looked gassed at the end of the race. The other thing that we need to talk about. Yeah, go for it. Is Anton Di Pasquale mm-hmm. rearranging the um, the front and back of your of car. My car. <laughs> <laughs> now, was oh, it Anton that... who did that, or is it Brody? Or was it racing incident? There was no know. penalty, was there? No, I don't think so. No, I mean, I think it was a bit of a clumsy one. I mean, they're, they're mates, so I can't imagine there being any malice in, you know, Brody doing that on purpose, but I think um, he might have been able to back out. He might have been able to just fan the throttle a little bit and avoid some of the contact, but um, I don't know. They didn't. They never really showed. Um, well, I don't think so. From Brody's car, they sort of just showed the camera footage, um, either from Anton's car or looking back at the cars coming through that corner. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was a pretty ugly mess. He was very lucky not to get cleaned up by the rest of the angry pack coming through. Um, I was surprised they got the car back on its wheels and racing again for for the final race there, and obviously you know, finished fifth in that race. So the car was obviously pretty speedy, mm. but um, I don't think it was repaired completely. Yeah. Yeah. To finish fifth and salvage something, I think was uh, reasonable. Keep him in the hunt for that to second position in the title because uh, SVG is gone like 250, ah, 520 he's never, he's never gonna get beaten. points or something. Yeah. No, he's gone. I wish Forget I had it. that lead in TCR. Yeah, not you don't quite have that advantage. No. But uh, look, you do have a advantage, so that's a, I do. Uh, but SVG is on a different planet. Like it's he's there's it's like Max Verstappen. Yeah. No one's going to beat the guy. Like that's he hasn't right. won it yet mathematically, but no one's going to beat him. No, that's right. Uh, okay, so um, uh, we can talk very briefly because there's been a lot of commentary about the Mark Winterbottom and Will Brown incident. Frightening incident. And I tell you, Will's uh, lucky to just be winded in a uh, massive impact. It's effectively a concrete wall that he hits side on in the driver's mm. door. There's a few tie bundles around that thing, uh, which are basically there for show and might have uh, reduced impact by a uh, the smallest of margins. But otherwise, he's hit uh, side on into a uh, into a big concrete wall, and it's it's ruined that chassis. It's uh, what were your thoughts on the impact or the, the shunt uh, between the two? Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things that haven't been uh, commentated enough on. It's really been that post-race uh, push and shove and, and yelling match with, with Brown and Frosty and, and Barry Ryan, the uh, team boss for Erebus. That's, you know, copped most of the, most of the conversation. But yeah, look, I don't know. I don't race around there enough, but clearly there wasn't enough room left for Will to get there. Now you're a race car driver. We've seen from Will's view because the TV cameras were were focused on in other parts. So they actually missed the impact from from outside the outside view. Uh, Mm -hmm. But yeah, did Frosty open up the wheel and, and run him off or... 
um, should Will have gotten out of it? That's really the question. No, I don't think. I don't think personally that Will should have gotten out of it. You see it all the time. People going side by side there. You know, we saw they had a little bit of a kerfuffle at the hairpin where Will did, you know, shove it down the inside and you know did run into uh, Frosty to make the pass. And I think there was a bit more to it earlier in the lap as well, which they never really showed. Yep. And that's what Frosty kept talking about. You know, he kept talking about, yeah, but you ran into me at turn whatever it was. The hairpin. At the at, hairpin. So at, at, uh, at 60 or 70 kilometers an hour. Yeah. Yeah. But so it makes you think that there was a little bit of retaliation from Mark, yep. you know, and to be honest, Mark's not that, well, not that I've seen, he's not really that type of guy. You know, I don't see him pushing people out of the way and being a dirty driver. But in that instance, that's the way it sort of looked. And just by his comments after the race that he was maybe giving it back to Will a little bit. And yeah, it just ended up being a massive old shunt. Like mm-hmm. if, if that little rub had been anywhere else, we probably wouldn't be talking about it. Yeah. You know, like if Will just dropped a wheel somewhere else and whatever. But once he got on the grass there and it had been raining and all that sort of stuff, it just... You know, he was a passenger and very, very lucky. Like, honestly, the amount of damage to the rear of that car, it just behind his, you know, the driver's seat was incredible. And um, he's a very lucky boy. And I think, you know, it, people tend to overreact to the incident um, because of the end result. Yep. So. Uh, well, like, sorry, uh, are you talking about fans or and others oh, or because i tell you Barry ryan uh, like well everybody. i mean he's looking at his car i don't yeah. uh, i kind of don't mind that passion and then that frustration and that emotion that they showed because mm. particularly from will i mean he's the one sitting inside the car and he's just had his uh body thrown up against something with a 56 g impact or whatever mm. the uh whatever that enormous number was your body yep. is not meant to go through those Sort of nah, scary, scary stuff. And, um, yeah, I think everybody, you know, their emotions were high and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about Barry pushing Frosty. And to be honest, it was bugger all in that. But Frosty was in their garage and he did ask him to leave quite a few times. So maybe, maybe he should have t- taken the hint and left. But, um, you know, I reckon it'd be a real shame if Barry actually got in trouble for that sort of behavior. Like he didn't punch him or anything like that. Like he just, you know, pushed him out of the way a bit and told him to move on. Yeah. Yeah. So many different ways you can look at it. You could, uh, you could say that this is fantastic for the sport. Firstly, Will wasn't injured. Secondly, there's talking points. Uh, and third, it's, it's a, it's a new rivalry. And if we see those two guys on the track at the Bathurst 1000, if we see them, close to each other in any subsequent rounds, it's a talking point. It's something that mm. we can say, you know, these guys have, uh, have, have, a, history. Uh, have a little bit of history. So yeah. Um, now that's great. And I saw, like, there was a lot of uh, uh, reaction to uh, Chaz Mostert and mm-hmm. Will Brown uh, commenting on a supercars.com Facebook post where they uh, where they were suggesting that supercars had taken it too far with the amount of coverage that the incident was getting, uh, and uh, because yeah, as you know, lots of social hate, uh, and Chaz is big on the no social hate, 
and you know potentially those those guys had sort of looked at it like that uh, that supercars were baiting the public into continuing oh. the the negative chat but there has to be a bit of a balance for it to be an entertainment product mm-hmm. we need to have conversations about what's happening on track what's happening off track uh the, 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 there's a big responsibility on supercars to control some of those comments but there's also a responsibility on the fans as well which is what Chaz is asking people to do with his no social hate stuff is to think before you type think before you press the return key on uh on comments that you're making which might be derogative to a uh, a particular person or uh, a, you know a an, an evil character reference. So uh, some of the stuff that gets said though, like comments from fans is mental. Just so ridiculous. Honestly, like I can't believe it rivals these people up so much that they've got to put this stuff out there on social media. Like they would never say it in, in like face to face ever. No. Like they're just hiding behind a screen. And I do agree with what they're saying, but you know, you're right. They do have to report on it and talk about it because it is a talk. You can't just ignore what's just happened. Mm. But supercars in particular, like it's a little bit clickbait, you know, like I saw one thing there they put about Will Davison, you know, he he hung on to the race winning race one. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I saw that. he didn't yeah. hang on. Like he controlled the race. Like, yeah, no, I, I saw it was that. fine. I saw that you'd commented. You got a whole bunch of uh, laughs yeah. and love hearts. They loved it. They loved you, it. But I just thought your, that was your clickbait against supercars. Yeah. Well, it was just like, come on, seriously. Like it, it, that wasn't the case at all. What are you doing? What are you saying? Yeah. So it, they always try do try and sensationalize it. But yeah, I suppose you're never going to, you can't stop that. Yeah. There, look, there is a time and a place for, uh, sensationalism to get people interested, get people uh, starting conversations and, and talking about the sport. I don't think we should ever stop that, but uh, there there needs to be particular lines drawn. And yeah, look, maybe supercars, yeah, it was still pretty fresh at the time. There was a lot of social commentary about it. And that extra story that they did on Monday night, which mm. lit up the internet, was uh ooh, yeah it was in hindsight maybe a, a touch and go thing and um i mean look the headline james pavey from supercars.com wrote the story and the, the headline couldn't have been more it was so soft it was it was it wasn't clickbaity the actual mm. story but it just re-triggered uh you know a new wave of uh, of comments so um yeah Anyway, again, a million different ways you can look uh, look at it. Overall, awesome weekend from uh, from my point of view, uh, being there and seeing it all, watching the crowd get super excited about uh, SVG taking the win. It was um, it was really special to be part of. At the last ever Pukekohe Supercars race, it's such a shame because we're we're losing, you know, quite a few tracks as uh, as our journey goes on. And we're losing these uh, these classic tracks that have been around for much longer than you and I, Tony, even almost as long as you and I added together, um, <laughs> which is uh, which shows uh, how old that place is because we're both really old. And uh, yeah, so a, a shame that that place is going. Yeah, really cool, old school, uh, lots of uh, risk, risk involved in driving race cars around there fast and 
the fans certainly came out and showed their appreciation for Pukekohe for the New Zealand supercars races and just supercars as a whole. So a shame that we lose it and fingers crossed we get to go back to New Zealand in the future. Oh, it's one of the best circuits in New Zealand. It'll be interesting to see what they replace it with. I know uh, SVG had a few thoughts on where they should go. And there is some like cool circuits, like old school circuits um, that they could go to in New Zealand. I mean, I, I think everybody just goes, oh, we'll go to Hampton Downs next because it's probably got the best facility. But will, will it suit supercar racing? It's it, um, probably not as much as Pookie. But there's just so much history there, you know, like I just remember when Murph was winning all those races and just a really cool joint. I've driven around it quite a few times myself and it is really busy. It's scary. And I think, you know, when everyone got back there this year, they just realized how full on the circuit is. Like mm. you're really on the edge to try and get a lap time out of it. And um, it does reward risk, mm. which I think, mm -hmm. you know, look at all the best circuits in the world, like, you know, here in Australia as well, like Bathurst. Why does everyone love it? Because it's risky. You know, it's to do a good lap time, you've got to put put your uh, your uh, your basketballs to the yeah. side and uh, and have a big old crack. So mm -hmm. um, that's what they love about Pookie. And I don't know whether Hampton Downs would have that same sort of feel about it. You know, it's a it's a great it's a good circuit. You know, yep. good facility. But is it a ball terror? Maybe not. So it'd be interesting to see where they go. Mm, and hard to stick a crowd in there as well. It's not super crowd friendly, the venue. Mm. Uh, a few temporary grandstands here and there will will help and it'll make it look busy because it's a it's a bit of an amphitheater. The, the way they've set up the track, it's in a bit of an amphitheater sort of setting. So uh yeah, will it work? I'm not uh I'm not really sure. But, but the look, good thing is though, like yeah. obviously there's a massive support. Um, from New Zealand fans for supercars. Yeah. Yeah. And that will really help because at the moment, as far as the calendar rumors are, are going at the moment, New Zealand is far from locked in. Forget Hampton Downs or picking a track in New Zealand. The big question is, are we going to New Zealand? But I think, to. but I think because it'll rely on uh, government cash. Now, whether that comes from Auckland or whether it comes from the federal New Zealand government or whether it comes from a, particular district whatever the case supercars just can't go there at the moment in the current environment without the help of uh, but you of you were telling me you were telling me the other day that and i won't repeat the numbers but just the merch sales from the weekend yeah were yeah. ridiculous yeah that's like right better no, than anywhere so, else that we've well, been for, forget the uh forget like the bathurst numbers. included forget the numbers Red Bull Racing sold out of basically all of its stock on Friday. It's a, it, there was, I walked, I went for a walk past there on Sunday just to, just to go see if it was, uh, if the, that was true. And the, there was one person standing behind the uh, Red Bull Racing merchandise uh, tent and they weren't doing anything and there was no one up there and there was nothing on the walls. Everything was gone. Basically, crazy. everything was gone. They, they so have good. a special line of SVG stuff, which they've sold all through Australia over the years. They've got a couple of, they've got some special SVG stuff, uh, hats and shirts that they've sold uh, here in Australia and, uh, and over there. And yeah, it was gone. And even when you walked around the crowd, everyone had these things on. I think they brought over enough. Um, but 
yeah, a, uh, a terrific result for, uh, for triple eight on and off the track. Absolutely. Another, um, like honorable mention had to be, uh, Andre Heimgardner. Mm. Great. Amazing. Amazing. Especially with, you know, he's driving JR's old number basically. Um, you know, it's pretty special to uh, to put that thing on the podium twice over the weekend and really give it a red-hot crack. Um, for BJR that have won the race before with Jason Bright, um, it was really cool. It, to me, it would have been fitting if they had won it. Yeah. You know, well, like, I'm not work. nothing against SVG or anything like that, but for a team like that and the history they've got and – you know, the reasoning behind it with JR driving for them and all that stuff. It just would have meant so much. So anyway, it was good to see they had a good weekend though. That's yeah. that's a ripper weekend for those guys. Well, I'll tell you what, it could have won it if uh, SVG and Waters had got together a, just a little bit more as I was coming mm. up to the uh, front straight there. If those two blokes had ended up in the fence, then Andre was the one ready to clean up and to, you know, pick up the pieces and, and basically, he would have taken that trophy if those two had uh, had uh, fudged themselves and up enough. They, uh, yeah, Andre was on on there, but look, two podium results for him. I think it was outstanding and uh, a great little uh, incentive, a great little boost of uh, form uh, ahead of the Repco Bathurst One Thousand. Tony D, that's going to be the next time you get into a supercar. Before then, it's Sandown, but before all that happens. Our man, Mark Fogarty, uh, spoke to Will Power, who won the IndyCar title. Did uh, you watch it? Uh, I did not. No, no, I oh, did man, not. I watched not, every moment. Okay, well, uh, tell us I your thoughts it. before we go and hear from Will Power. Look, I, I just thought, um, you know, Will handled himself so well on the weekend. It was obviously down to the wire. He had to, had to make it stick. And to stick it on pole, took Mario Andretti's record. And then to lead lead from the front and and be at the front most of the day didn't quite go to plan didn't quite have the car speed to to win but to still finish third on the day and that circuit just looked so slippery like it was chewing tires up big time like it looked hard work you know people drop a wheel bring dust onto the circuit it wasn't straightforward at all so I just thought he did a mega job under huge pressure. And he's, you know, talked this year about how he's tried to improve, um, you know, his mental approach to the whole thing. And um, he's getting some help with that sort of stuff. And it's made a big difference, massive difference to his approach. And um, I just think he, it's it's so well-deserved. He um, he just did a great job all year. Yeah, cool. So now, it's awesome that he's an Aussie. Yep, there you go. And uh, that's his second title now in IndyCar. And I'll tell you, if it's not him winning in the in the future or being a threat to win, we've got another bloke there uh, who's a Kiwi, but we love the Kiwis just as much. Scott McLaughlin, even Scott Dixon. Geez, the uh, the old Australasian attack on the uh, IndyCar uh, series is uh, very, very, very strong. Um, okay, right. Enough of us. Let's go to Mark Fogarty, who spoke to Will Power for Parked Up. Will Power, welcome to Parked Up. And of course, big congratulations on your second IndyCar crown. Mate, given all the circumstances, you must regard this as a huge achievement. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
it, it is after eight years of, uh, you know, since my last title, massively satisfying. One of my best seasons that I can remember. I, I can't, can't remember having a season with nine podiums and completing every lap of uh, every race. So uh, a really, really enjoyable year just on the driving side. Well, you're talking to us live from downtown, downtown LA. Los Angeles, of course, a very storied city, but you've been getting all the accolades. How have you been celebrating? Um, well, yeah, we've been, you know, I've just been doing a media tour here in, in LA and um, no massive celebration, to be honest. It was actually pretty just, uh, I, you know, when I crossed the line, it wasn't as uh, as a bigger deal as it was the first time I won a championship because I had a lot more pressure on me then. But it was just, just seems like a really, uh, just, it was just a very satisfying feeling and um, going to soak it, soak it up in the off season and and uh, we're pretty pretty determined to go back back after it again next year. Okay, look, it may sound like a silly question, certainly an obvious question, but against such cutthroat competition, how did you how did you do it? Um, it it was uh, uh, obviously you know I have a great team. Um, I, you know, I've been able to hold on to my speed, even though I'm, you know, in my forties now, I'm being able to kind of hold on to, you know, that, that kind of raw speed that I had, but I, I've just refined the racing side of it and, um, no mistakes in the pits, no mechanical failures, no mistakes from me on the track. Um, just, just a really, uh, put together season. But I, I did say, you know, at the beginning of the year, I was like, I was playing the long game. I'd, I was willing to settle for second just for the points, even if I had a shot at a win. So uh, I think that sort of mentality led to a year of completing every lap of the season. Well, you did explain that to us a few weeks back when we chatted, Will, and obviously consistency was key, wasn't it? Yeah, consistency was key. I also, you know, you know, when I thought about the season, how tough the series is now, and the fact that there's a different winner every week and a different pole sitter every week, and um, you know, you'd have to say a top ten is just mixed up every week. So it it was just obvious to me that that would really reward just top five finishes, because you know, you know, all these other guys having these up and downs, they're winning one week, and then they're you know twentieth the next week. So. Um, it is, it is that, it, the series is that way now. It really rewards consistency if you can, you can hang out in that top five, which is very tough. It's very tough to, to be able to do that because it's just, it's so cutthroat. But um, yeah, like I said, there's just really no mistakes. It was, a, it was just a, one of the, the perfect season. Look, we all understand that throughout a season, media commitments can be a drag, but... I would suggest that right now you can't talk enough about being the IndyCar champion. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm, uh, I'm not going to get to do this for all that much longer. And I, I'm really enjoying my racing right now. And you know, everything that goes with it, that includes doing media. Like it's, you know, it's to me, it's a privilege to be able to do that stuff. You know, not many people get to have a job like this and, 
you know, I feel really uh, grateful that I've had this opportunity and had a really long career. I feel like I've had a successful career. So I'm really trying to enjoy these later, later years uh, in racing. And um, this really tops it off. And I have to say the weekend was just, you know, I said to my dad, what a weekend to, to break my own Dreddy's record on Saturday and then go on and win the championship on Sunday. It's just, you know, I can't, what a, it's a weekend I'll remember forever. Well, you mentioned breaking Mario Andretti's record for the number of poles in IndyCar history. And I guess it's fair to say that, you know, race wins are what it's all about. But for a driver, speed is everything. So, you know, the most poles has, has got to mean something, hasn't it? Speed has always been everything to me. It always has. Like, yeah, and I, that's been the case from, that's all I had worked on really my whole career is just at speed. I'm just never stopped working on speed, but, uh, and that's, I love qualifying. It's, it's the only time of the weekend where you extract the absolute most out of the car for one lap. Uh, you got to put it all together. And, um, you know, obviously that mentality has led to, to, uh, yeah, 68 poles. Uh, remarkable achievement. So you touched on this a little earlier. How many more years? How many more chances have you got? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really, honestly, I couldn't, I don't want to put a date on it because you, I don't want to drive to a date and then kind of subconsciously relax. I, want to, I need that pressure on me all the time to, to, to keep performing at a high level. So, yeah, don't really uh, just want to just, you know, I'll do next year and then um, see what happens. Uh, you know, maybe I, yeah, signed for another year. Year uh, after winning this championship, I've even spoken to the team about what, what what's going to what's going on there. But um, yeah, no date, no date. As long as I'm competitive, I'll keep going. And there's got to be another Indy 500 win left in you, hasn't there? There, there. Every time we <laughs> absolutely as, as a team, we've we've had a pretty uh, had, had since 19. We've had some pretty pretty bad results. So team's pretty determined to get that right um but we, we've been working hard on it it's the only track that we we're weak at this year so definitely uh turning up next year to to be a contender so will here's a double barreled one here when will we see you back in australia so that we can celebrate your title victory but also cheeky suggestion from from me it'd be great to see you at surface paradise in an S5000, kind of living the IndyCar glory days. How does that sound? <laughs> that sounds all right. When, what date is Surface Paradise? Uh, it's late next month. End late of October. next month. Yeah, actually, right. actually, honestly, I may be over there during that time. You know, we're just looking at dates now, but I want to get back because I haven't been back for three years. I haven't seen my parents. So we're, we're, as we speak, we are working that out. We're looking at flights, trying to understand commitments here. So um, I may be down there for that. I'm not sure. I, will, I don't think I'll jump in an S5000, but, uh, I, you know, go and attend. Oh, come the, on. You must unless be, one of the, you must uh, you be know, tempted. What, a good car. Well, come on. I, I'd rather run the uh, – I'd, I'd rather uh, jump in a supercar and uh, run the race. You reckon they'd 
Do you reckon they'd be teamed and buy Rummy there as a two driver thing or not? I'm pretty sure you could get a wild card if you really wanted it. Yeah, I, I, you know, I should speak to who do I got to speak to because I'd, I'd do that. I'd turn up and uh, run a supercar. That'd be great. Yeah, not an, not so keen on an S five thousand, huh? No, I mean, uh, I uh, I get to drive open wheels all the time. Sure, I don't get to drive. You know, I, I don't mind. Uh, don't mind. I wouldn't mind driving GT car or a supercar because they're just a you know different style. All right. Well. We'll start booking you in. I'll be your unofficial manager for this engagement and we'll see well, how what, it goes. What sort, of, what sort of percentage are we talking? Oh, <laughs> you right. yeah. Good point. That would be huge. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Fogues is Mr. 25%. So, uh, oh, my God. It doesn't surprise me. I knew you'd be up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. All right, mate. Look, great to talk to you. Enjoy. And we look forward to seeing you back out here. Sounds great. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Mark. And there we go. We've got an IndyCar champion and uh, a legendary Australian motorsport journalist to uh, contributing to this podcast. <laughs> what a uh, what a moment for us! Awesome. Congratulations, Will Power. A uh, a terrific result. And uh, yeah, just uh, doing everyone um, uh, from Queensland, from Toowoomba, from uh, all of Australia, very very proud. I just think like, you know, he's dug so deep this year, you know, he's 41 years old. Um, What's wrong with anything wrong with that, Tony? Well, you know, he's got, he's got young guys like snapping at his heels, big time, you know, mm-hmm. teammates like Scotty Mack. We know how impressive he's been all year. New garden. I think he's an absolute star. Um, and that's only in his own group, you know, so those guys have got the same equipment and, you know, over a year, he pieced together a better championship than those guys. And, um, yeah, I think if you spoke to him at the start of the year, he probably thought it was going to be a tall, tall ass to try and win the championship. Um, you know, all these young guys below, you know, Scott Dixon, who is obviously one of the all-time greats. He was still in there for a, for a shot, but really didn't have the car speed in the final round. Um, so yeah, seriously impressive. He needs to go and enjoy a beer now and uh, relax and come back next year and have another crack. Mm, okay. Uh, cool. Tony D, thank you so much for coming on the park or coming back to the Parked Up podcast. Was it just as fun as you'd remembered? Absolutely. It's so much better when it's just like once a month. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I can't <laughs> do once a month though. We, we do it every week. We do it twice a week actually on Parked Jeez. Up. Of course, you've got uh, this one every Thursday Parked Up Plus with Mark Fogarty on every Monday, 5 p.m. Uh, and then if that's not enough for you, we've got Girls on the Grid every Monday and the Napa grid Auto girls. Parts. N- not the Grid Girls, just the Girls yeah. on the Grid. Oh, Girls on the Grid, right. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast, a new one coming out this week. I'll give you, <clears throat> I'll give you all the... Uh, the little insight to who's coming up, it is Luke King from TCR Australia. Of course, he's done uh, Toyota 86 champion and uh, a bunch of other stuff as he's worked his way up to competing against the greats. The greats like uh, James Moffat, uh, Michael Caruso, <laughs> Will Brown, Zach Suter. Yeah, Lachlan Maneef. Lachlan Maneef. 
No, the list goes on and on about all yeah. the great drivers that compete in TCR Australia. Ah, oh, that'll be a, that'll be a good listen. He's a bloody hard worker, Luke King, and a, and, a, and a very good race driver. Yep, yep, yeah, perfect, good. Oh well, you can uh, listen to all those after you've listened to the parked up stuff. Tony D, we're all uh, got your back at uh, Sandown <laughs> this weekend. Really looking forward to seeing you back in that yellow Honda Civic Type R and. Uh, two rounds to go and mate, keep it on the black stuff and uh, mm. we'll uh, we'll uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you real soon anyway thanks for coming on absolute pleasure I'll give it my best shot this weekend and I'm sure I'll see you at the circuit at some stage maybe thank you maybe cheers mate you've just listened to another Network R production 